How we doing tonight, Exchange? You glad to be in the room today? Well, you're going to be glad after I share this news. Today, I'm speaking with my wife, Michelle. Come on, somebody. Hey, it's going to be great. I'm excited to, to be here. And if it's your first time, welcome home. Welcome to the family. Uh, my name is Mark. I get the opportunity of serving as the young adult pastor. I'm joined with my bride, Michelle. And I just want to say a huge welcome to all of the first timers. Come on, exchange. Let's put our hands together for them. We're glad that you are here with us. I love you, Trevor. Come on, let's give it up for Trevor as well, one of our worship pastors. Well, hey, I'm excited to jump in today. We've been in a collection called Soul Care, and over the past few weeks, uh, really been speaking to things that are affecting our hearts and our lives and our souls and keeping us from living the life that I believe God has called us to. And today, um, as Michelle and I get, got ready for this message, uh, over the past couple of days, we've been talking and praying, and let's just be honest, arguing about what we're going to speak about. Let's just be honest, okay? Um, but the thing that we both settled on is that God wants us to just share our hearts. He just wants us to share our hearts, and he wants us to speak from a place of authenticity. Some of the things that he's been doing in our lives and in our hearts over the past couple of years. And I'm excited to share because I think when it comes to the pulpit and when it comes to the stage and sometimes preachers, they preach these messages. And how many know they're kind of like revised and cropped and really edited? Why? Because they want you to see the good side of them. And I just feel this is my burden, this is my heart for this ministry, is that we're a people that are built on the value of authenticity. We say here at The Exchange, authenticity is our heartbeat. And I just want to speak from a place of what God's been doing in our marriage and in our lives and in and through us in this season. So today, I want to speak from this idea. We want to speak from this idea, heart check. Heart check. And my hope in the next 30 minutes is that you would realize that there are some things in your heart and that there are some things in your life that God is calling out of you. Because it's those very same things that we're aware of, but we're accepting, and we're not acknowledging or addressing. Those are the things that are keeping us from living the life that God has called us to live. So I want to start off our time with prayer. Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for your power. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust and take heart that, God, you are here. I pray, God, that you would change and transform our hearts. Let us leave this room different with an encounter with you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, I'm so excited for tonight. Anybody else excited to be here? I'm so, so excited because this message is so near and dear to Mark and I's heart. When Mark mentioned we're going to be talking about checking our hearts, it's something that God has really called us to do recently um, because we, we realized we were so bound and stuck to some of the things that we maybe have experienced growing up in, in our household or um, amongst other friends around us growing up. Um, and God's just been bringing a couple things to the surface that uh, we really never addressed in our childhood. Um, and it's been a beautiful journey kind of walking through those things and being like, all right, God, do a work in me. It's going to hurt, but it's going to be good for me. I know that. Um, so it's been really good. Um, but for me growing up, especially, um, my parents argued a lot, and I'm sure a lot of us can relate to that, um, unfortunately. But uh, So my parents would argue a lot, and I remember my dad, um, he would essentially make me sit and watch my parents argue every single time. 
something that really I thought was normal, right? Because growing up in that house, you think, okay, this is just how things kind of go. Um, but that, without me even realizing, embedded in me such a warped and perverted view of marriage um, that I thought, again, was the normal. Um, another thing is that my dad, when he would get angry, he would uh, leave. And I just really never knew when he was coming back. And so I then realized, looking back, I'm like, wow, I didn't realize I had abandonment issues. You know, um, some inconsistencies that he had, he always started things that he never finished. And I remember uh, graduating from college when we graduated together, and I said, Mark, I'm never going to be like my father. So um, I was aware that I never wanted to be like my father, but I never put anything in place. I never addressed it to be sure that I didn't. And so uh, God's brought up, brought up to the surface like, hey, exactly what you didn't want to be is who you are becoming. Wow. Um, and I found that so powerful. So that's why that's so near and dear to my heart. And that's why we're so excited to share this. I know you have a couple of things. About yeah, it. and yeah. I think from my journey and part of my story is growing up as a kid, um, many of my memories from my childhood are marked by my parents arguing and bickering. And at the age of four, I remember being a young kid and seeing my parents argue. And finally, my parents made the decision right there before my sister and I that they were going to go their separate ways. And at four years old, I remember seeing my parents be separated. I didn't know when the next time I would see my dad. And I just kind of felt like there was this gaping hole in my life, the absence of a father, the absence of a man. And it left me with so many different questions and this tension in my heart. And fast forward a couple years later, my parents got back together. They reconciled, but they yet to deal with the root of the issue. They, they continued to find themselves in these unhealthy conversations with this toxicity within the walls of our home, bickering and arguing in a God-honoring or dishonoring way. And fast forward to me being 18 years old. Uh, I remember I was about three days out from moving to Miami where I'd play college football. And where you met me. So we're and where I met my wife. There's hope. There's hope. But I remember my parents were bickering and arguing and things got really tense. And right there in that moment, my dad goes, Mark, it's over for your mother and I. We're going our separate ways for good. And for me, I just thought, okay, these are just words. But that became my reality. And I remember this, this pierced my heart, this crippled my heart. And I remember just continuously reflecting. Here I am several years later, but I look back and I think about the 18 years living underneath my parents' roof where I experienced all this toxic behaviors and toxic communication and unhealthy patterns in their marriage. But what I realize is much of that shaped me. Yeah. Much of that shaped my heart. And I'm not sharing this to say, you know, my parents are bad people. No, my parents are human. But my parents, how they ended up in this place is because they had inherited some things from their parents that went unchecked. And what I'm trying to help you understand today is some of us right now, here in the room today, we need to acknowledge and address that there have been some unhealthy, toxic things that we've experienced, and it's shaped our hearts. Not only has it shaped our hearts, for some of you, it's defining your life. And it's causing you to miss out on the life that God has called you to live. I'll just think about how often in life we, we say, you know what, like, man, maybe your parents, you can identify with Michelle and I's story and your parents went separate ways and they walked through divorce or maybe it was the absence of a father or maybe your parent walked out on you and you keep on going, I never want to be like them. I never want to be like my mom. I never want to be like my dad. I've experienced all this toxicity. I will never walk in those steps. But what some of us don't realize today 
It's the same thing we're saying I don't want to be is who you're actually becoming. And the reason is you've never addressed the issue. You've never broken the cycle. You've never made a decision to go in a different direction with your life. How many of you know today it's one thing to acknowledge that there's an issue, but it's another thing to address it. And today, our heart is to help you address the issues. Our heart is to help you understand you need to put a line in the sand and say, today, I'm dealing with the root of the issue. Today, I'm acknowledging and addressing that there is an issue, and I'm not letting these patterns define my life. I'm not letting these patterns dictate the course of my life. Just this past week, Michelle and I, uh, we're sitting down with our counselor. And as we're sitting down with our counselor, uh, something that kind of came about in the conversation was just kind of unsettling for me. It bothered me. And I was so frustrated, my counselor could see that something was off with me. So he goes, Mark, would you like to share? In this moment, me growing up in a household that was always just high energy, a lot of arguments, very unhealthy, I was extremely conflict avoidant as a kid. I never wanted to resolve conflict. I never wanted to speak of my emotions. And that even showed up last week in this conversation because here I am, a grown man, not even wanting to verbalize what I'm experiencing. And what my counselor told me in this moment is, Mark, if you don't deal with that thing, it's going to eat you alive in this life. It's going to eat you alive in this life. And I'm here to submit this thought to you. Some of you, if you don't deal with that thing that you grew up with and it's plagued your heart, and if you don't check that thing, if you don't address that thing, if you don't acknowledge that thing, it may not eat you up right now, but it may eat you up in your future. It may eat you alive when you're married and you have kids and you're trying to provide and put food on the table. It may eat you up when you and your spouse are just always at odds and you can't even make eye contact with that person. It may not get you now, but it could get you later. So today, we want to help you take a step towards addressing and acknowledging that there is an issue. And we need to do something different that's going to help us live the life that God has called us to live. Before we move forward real quick is um, I feel like sometimes we think that Satan's just going to make it blatantly obvious that he's trying to destroy us. <laughs> and oftentimes what he does is that he, he implants little seeds here and there, uh, little insecurities, little doubt over time, and that is what's going to surmount and eventually affect our hearts. Um, but here's what we want you to know. When we find ourselves stuck, we need to evaluate our heart. We need to. How many of us feel stuck right now? I'm just going to put my hand up. A lot of us feel stuck right now. Um, so we need to check our heart. And here's what I'm seeing in today's day. Um, this is an area that we all struggle in. Um, why? And it's because we live in a society where everything is about our feelings. Everything. When we hear the word heart, we think, oh, what I felt then, what I feel now. Um, and when we, when we see it that way, we miss out on the work that God wants to do in our hearts. We miss out on that. Um, and there's one thing that's common in the room is that at one point in, in life, no matter how big or how small, we have allowed something to affect our hearts. And that in turn has prevented us to live in the full freedom that God has for us yeah. and prevented us to live the life that God has called us to live. Yeah. So we're going to dive into our verse for today. It's Proverbs 4, um, verse 23. So if you have your Bibles, pull those out, take notes. Um, in Proverbs 4, 23 reads, Above all else, 
guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from it. And if you've heard this verse before, it's probably because you were maybe dating someone or going into the dating season and they're like, hey, Lindsay, guard your heart, you know? Um, or it maybe you were trying to give this encouraging word to someone like, hey, I know, I know a little bit about him, guard your heart. I know a little bit about her, guard your heart, right? And I don't think we ever meant anything malintent, you know, with that. However, I don't think we've really evaluated this verse at its core, right? And we're going to do that today. So I want us to stand up. Stand up, stand up, stand up, stand up. Yep, 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 yep. Oh, what are we and doing? And we're going to sit back down. Oh, yes. Why? Because we're going to go into context as to what the Bible is trying to actually tell us. So here we go. So if we didn't know, the Old Testament specifically was written in Hebrew. That was the first language that the Bible was written in. Um, so when Solomon's telling us to guard our heart, that word heart is a word lev. L-E-V, lev. And what that word stands for is soul, action, will, and mind, right? So this is why it means those things. And that's why, this is why Solomon's using the word heart. It's because in that time, um, God's people didn't understand the function of the brain. Hmm. They thought, truly believed that their thoughts, their discernment, their wisdom, their love, their understanding, their moral compass, all of it came from what? The heart. The heart. So now, contextually, we have another layer. When we read this um, verse, Solomon says, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. What he's telling us is that we need to guard our hearts, check our hearts, examine our hearts, because it's one of the most important um, areas and aspects of our life. So good. You know, when it comes to this idea of guarding your heart, I love Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, because when it tells us to guard our heart, it quickly then shifts gears and tells us, because everything flows from the heart. Everything in your life flows from the heart. When I think about that, kind of putting it in context, so many of us in the room today, we have yet to really understand how unhealthy our hearts are because we never look at what's flowing from our heart. Some of us never have realized how truly unhealthy our hearts are because we don't look at what's flowing from our heart. Some of you in the room, you can identify with this because growing up as a kid, you, you grew up in this toxic environment and you've lived for the approval of your parents. So what's flowing from your heart is the approval for other people. And at the end of the day, you just keep on feeling empty because you don't get the praise you've been living for. You don't get the praise that you're looking for. Some of you in the room today, you know exactly what it feels like to be abandoned or lied to or abused. So today what's flowing from your heart is this ongoing feeling of I've gotta live for the approval of others. And at the end of the day, you are feeling like you are living life on E. Some of you in the room today, you've got this hardened, calloused heart. Because maybe, just maybe, somebody broke your heart. And now what's flowing from your heart is insecurity and mistrust. You feel like you can't trust anyone with your heart. Some of you in the room today, maybe you, you've been canceled or you've been mocked publicly. And what's coming out of your heart now? You feel like you got dirt on everybody else. So all you do is gossip about those people. All you do is take it to the streets and you, you wanna live to put people 
on Front Street. I'm trying to help you understand today. Some of us need to realize what's flowing from our heart is a reality of the state of our heart. What's flowing from the heart is revealing to us that our heart is not in the right place. Some of you feel like life, life right now is in a bad place. Life may feel like it's in a bad place because your heart isn't healthy and it will continue to feel like it's in a bad place because you aren't checking your heart. See, when it comes to this idea of what's flowing from our heart, what's coming out of our heart, I believe we've got to look at what's coming out of it and we need to do something about it. You see that word heart in the Bible, it's, it's mentioned nearly a thousand times. That one word heart is, is mentioned all throughout scripture nearly a thousand times. And I believe it's because the scriptures tell us that the heart, the soul, the mind, and the body, and the spirit, it's the most important parts of our being. And so many of us today, we're living with this hardened, calloused heart. And I just want you to know, God wants to give you a new heart. God, God wants to change your heart. I think about in the Bible, in the Old Testament, we read about God's people, the Israelites. And what we know is that their hearts were hardened towards God. They kept on defying God. They kept on being disobedient. They kept on hardening their hearts. They had calloused hearts. And although they were sinning, although they were going in the opposite direction in which God wanted them to live, God chases after them and he says, I want to give you a new heart. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26, this is what it says, and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove your heart of stone. God's saying, I want to remove your, your heart of stone, your hardened heart, your calloused heart, your burdened heart, your broken heart, your weary heart. I want to remove that heart. And he says this, I want to give you a heart of flesh. I want to give you a softened heart. I want to give you a new heart. I want to give you a heart that reflects the things that are of me, a, a, a heart of joy, a heart of love, a heart of peace, a heart of kindness, a heart of self-control. I want to give you a new heart. I even think about this moment in Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6. The scriptures say, the Lord your God will change your heart. The Lord your God will change your heart and the hearts of all of your descendants. I don't want you to miss what the scripture is saying. It's saying, the Lord your God will change your heart, and not only your heart, but the heart of all of your descendants. See, I think this verse is so key for where we're going today because it's important that we address it and check it, the things that have affected our hearts, because if we don't check it and address it, chances are it's not only affecting us, it's going to affect our children and our children's children. And Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 6 says, I want to change your heart. And not only do I want to change your heart, I want to change the upcoming generation's heart. I want to change your children's children's heart. But it starts with you. It starts with me. It starts with us doing the hard work of acknowledging that our hearts are in an unhealthy place. So how do we know if our hearts are in an unhealthy place? First thing that we got to look at, we got to look at our thoughts. We gotta look at our thoughts. The scripture says, guard your heart above all else for everything flows from it, including your thoughts. How do I know? Proverbs chapter 23, verse seven, the same man that wrote Proverbs chapter four, he says, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Yeah. 
For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You see, if we want to have, if we have an unhealthy thought life, chances are that's who we're becoming. If we have an unhealthy thought life, if our mind is unhealthy, chances are we're continuing to follow the pattern of unhealthiness in this life. And what I think is so interesting about this, how many of you know the first thing the enemy typically attacks is your thoughts and your mind? And so many of us in the room today, we can all admit and acknowledge the fact that the enemy, he's taking up real estate in our mind. And when he takes up real estate in our mind, how many of you know he lies to us, he perverts the truth, he tells you opposite of what God speaks to you. And he takes up real estate in our mind and he, he speaks these lies to us. And for some of you right now in the room, he's speaking lies to you, telling you, you don't need to check your heart. You don't need to address the thing that's taking place in your heart. You don't need to worry about the things that took place growing up as a child. You don't need to think about the abuse or the hurt or the pain of the past. You don't have to worry about all those things. It's okay. It'll take care of itself. And so many of you, you're believing the lie. And you're convinced that if I just push it away, if I put it in the back of the closet, it will never rear its head again. But what I want you to understand is it may not rear its head tomorrow, but it may rear its head in the future when you're trying to raise up your children. And all of your memories of your childhood are the toxicity and the arguments and the bickering and the neglect and the hurt and the abuse, the emotional, the physical, the sexual abuse. All of those things keep on showing itself and it's plaguing your mind. So for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. He's becoming what he thinks he is. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5, that we've got a defense mechanism against the lies of the enemy. What do we need to do? We need to take every thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. The way we address our unhealthy thoughts and our unhealthy patterns is by taking it captive and bringing it to God, saying, God, I need you to restore my mind. God, I need you to free my spirit. God, I need you to change my thoughts. I need you to heal my mind. I need you to do what only you can do. I'm taking thoughts captive. I'm making it obedient to Christ. Yeah, and the second thing we need to do um, to see if our hearts are on an unhealthy state is to listen to our words. That's good. That is a huge, huge component. Um, because in Luke 6, 45, it says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. But here's the key. What you say flows from what is in your heart. That's good. Do you guys, um, don't, you don't have to say it out loud, please don't. But the person that's in your circle, the person that you know, that every single time never fails, like you get together with them, doesn't matter the time or place or who you're with, they're going to start gossip, like, gossiping about somebody else and speaking poorly about other people and tearing other people down. That is so unhealthy. And how many of us realize that that is because they have such a deeply rooted hurt, a deeply rooted insecurity and in something that they haven't addressed. Or maybe you are, by the way, and if that's you, um, the person that's speaking poorly in the room, I'm glad you're here. Because guess what? We're all broken and we all need a savior. And we all so are here to work on ourselves and just to bring everything to Jesus every single week. Um, but maybe you are the person that's striving for perfectionism, right? And then you start to be very critical to those around you. 
If you're a mom or a dad, maybe you're critical about, oh, well, I don't like, I don't really agree with how they parent, right? Maybe you're working with a whole bunch of your colleagues and you're like, oh, well, maybe they got a promotion you didn't and you're bitter and you're like, oh, well, um, they got it because, you know, their friend is the boss or something like that. You start to tear them down. Our words have so, so much power. And the Bible even makes it an emphasis to make this known to us. In Proverbs 18, 21, it says, the tongue has the power of life and death. Our tongue, something that we use literally every single day, so many times, sometimes too much, talking all the time, right? Our words, our tongue has the power of life and death to bring someone up or to tear someone down. That is huge. And the rest of it, it says, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. So good. Last thing, I think, if we want to look at the place and the posture and the state of our heart, we got to look at our actions. We got to look at our actions, and I, I think it's easy to say, well, that's a no-brainer, but I think a lot of us, we do what the world does extremely well. We do what the well, world does extremely well. We, we have a big talk, but we have a very short walk when it comes to how we're living out our faith. We, we talk a lot about Jesus, but we're not really walking it out and following after Jesus. I think so many of us today, we need to examine our actions. We need to look at our actions. And I don't want you to miss this because our actions reflect the place and the posture of our heart. Yeah. And I think it's so sad to see. There's so many people who, who deem themselves followers of Jesus. And hear me, this is not coming from a judgmental place. There's so many people that come into the room on a Tuesday night and you're worshiping and you're so excited about what God's doing in the moment, but how many of you know Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday look a little bit different? I think so many of us today, we could just kind of acknowledge for a moment, Instagram doesn't match up to what we see in the room on Tuesday. And I just wonder if we really got to a place where we're being honest with ourselves and asking God to check our hearts how might the world look different when they see the example that's set in us? How might the world look different when they see people that aren't just on fire on a Tuesday, but they're sold out 24-7 for Jesus Christ? How might the world look different when some of you in the room become spouses and you're, you're committed to being faithful to your spouse? How might the world look different when you set the example and how you talk about your spouse, not in the walls of your home, but at your nine to five? when things aren't going well? How might the world look different when we're actually parenting our children and praying for our children and leading our children in the way in which they should go? See, our actions, our actions, they tell us a lot about the place and the posture of our heart. And I just wonder today, so many of us would be quick to say, God's done a deep work in my heart, but your actions say otherwise. Your actions, they, they tell a different message. Your actions, they paint a different picture. Your actions, they tell a different story. Just recently, somebody that's sold out for God and loves the church, just on Instagram, and I barely get on Instagram. But just so demeaning and calling different people out and just creating and stirring up gossip. I think about in this day and age, we talk about cancel culture. So many of us, we go, man, God's done a deep work on my heart, but here you are, you're, you're spilling everyone's tea. You're gossiping about other people. You're putting people's stuff on front street. You're throwing everything on the gram. You want everybody to know what's on your heart. You're stirring up conflict within people, within friends, within peers, within relationships. I think about how many of us today, 
Say, man, God's done such a deep work in my heart. But here you are, you find yourself in this place where you constantly think you're, you're better than everyone else. Keep telling yourself, I'm, I'm, I'm better than people and I'm, I'm so judgmental and uh, everybody's got to be like me. And you're living bitter because you think you're better. And so many of us just got to look within and realize that, man, my actions don't match up to what I claim Jesus has done for me and what he's done in my heart. You know, as I think about those three areas, your words, your actions, and your thoughts, each and every one of those things, they, they depict the condition of our heart. And it's the condition of our heart that Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23 tells us determines the course of our life. Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23, I want to read it in the NLT. This is where we started, but we started in the NIV. And I want to finish in the NLT. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. We gotta look at our hearts. It, it determines where we will end up. You know, when I was a kid, I grew up, I was born in New York, and I um, remember in our house, right behind us in our backyard, there was literally thousands of acres. It was just woodland, straight woodland, tall, tall trees all across our yard. And after school, my buddy and I, we would love to go and ride our bikes throughout the woods. And I remember my parents would always tell us, well, don't go too far. My parents gave us parameters. They said, there's a trail, and you could stay on the trail, but don't go too far into the woods. Because one day, we, we decided to, to go farther than we were actually instructed to go. And what we came across is that there were a number of people that kind of set up shop there. There was a number of people that were homeless, and they had tents, and they had a bonfire going, and my buddy and I were several miles into the woods at this point, seven years old. And I knew my parents would probably freak out if I told them about this, but what we realized is it was quickly getting dark, but we had no idea to get back home. I remember my buddy and I were frantic, we're freaking out, what do we do? We see all of these people just looking at us. So we go over to one of the guys and we go, Hey, we're lost, and we need, to, we need to go back home. The guy, he looks at us, and he tells us, just follow the path. Just, just follow, follow the path, follow the trail, follow, follow the route, follow the ruts, and it will, it will lead you to where you need to go. My buddy and I, we get back on our bikes, and we're following the path. But about 50 minutes into this path, no sight of home around me. There's no side of home at all. And now we really realize we're in trouble. We start freaking out. We're like, how did we end up here? Where are we? What's going on? We're losing our cool in this moment. I just feel like it's a picture of how so many of us are living our lives today. We don't even realize that we're headed down the wrong path. We don't even realize that we're headed down the path that our parents took. We don't realize we're headed down the same path that our grandparents took. And it's actually leading us back to the toxicity, the unhealthy heart, the calloused heart, the burdened heart, the broken heart. The good news is this. How many of you know it's never too late for you to turn back home? 
It's never too late for you to turn back home. And some of us today, we are finding ourselves going deeper and deeper down the trail of destruction. And there's a God in heaven that's saying, would you just turn back? Would you fix your attention on me? Would you turn your attention and ask me to change and transform your heart? And I will be faithful to receive you right where you are. You got to turn back. You, you, you got to turn back to God. You got to turn your attention back to him. And you got to ask God for direction. So you're probably wondering, what does it look like to live this message out practically? Mark, this all sounds good. What does this look like, though, for me to live this message out? First thing I would tell you that you need to do is you need to first start by calling on God and asking him to restore your heart. We, we want to break free of this burdened heart. We want to break free of this heaviness in our heart. We want to break free of the cycle of toxicity on, and generational sin in our life. We've got to call on God and ask God to restore our heart. We've got to call on him. We've got to ask him, God, I need you to restore this broken heart. Second thing I would submit to you today, if you want to restore your heart, you want to walk in the freedom that God has for you, I believe that you've got to get around some people that are going to challenge you to live and look more like Jesus. you got to get around some people that are going to challenge you and uplift you and help your broken heart find its freedom. That's why here at The Exchange we say we're not a crowd but a community of people. That's why we talk about small groups week in, week out. I know last week we concluded small groups, but I got good news. We're going into a time where we're opening up this book study called the book study on the book of Colossians in the Bible. And you can buy the book in the lobby after service, but I want to just encourage you, man, get with some people and say, hey, we're just going to commit to this journey, and we're going to take some time to walk through this together. How many of you know there's power in community? You want to find freedom for your life? I believe it happens when you get around some people that have experienced the freedom that God can provide. Third thing I would submit to you today If you want to break free from the toxicity, if you want to find health for your heart, see, not only do we need to get around people that's going to challenge us, I believe we need to get in the word that has the power to change us. Just tired of a generation, I'm tired of a people that are being fed on a Tuesday night, but that is their meal for the month, that's their meal for the week. I need you to understand it's time for us to wake up and realize God is accessible, not just on a Tuesday, but on a Monday, on a Wednesday, on a Thursday, on a Friday, on a Saturday, and a Sunday. So many of us go, I want to hear God's voice, but friend, can I tell you, he speaks through his word. You want to experience life transformation? You got to go to his word. You want to find freedom for your heart? You got to go to his word. The Bible says in the book of Hebrews that the word of God is alive and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. What does that mean? Maybe you got a broken heart. It's got the power to restore your heart. Maybe you've got a hardened, calloused heart. It's got the power to pierce your heart. The word of the Lord is alive and active, and it wants to speak to you today. It wants to speak to you today. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. I'm going to close with this verse. I love how Eugene Peterson phrased this. He says this in the message translation. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. And it is there at the throne of our gracious God 
that we will find and receive his mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. So let us come boldly to the throne of grace. I want to create a moment for us right now to come before God and come with boldness saying, God, I need you to change my heart. God, I need you to restore this heart. God, I need you to heal this heart. God, I need you to free me of the things of the past. God, I need you to help me break free of the pain, of the abuse, of the abandonment, of the rejection. God, would you change my heart? God, would you transform my heart? I don't want anyone getting up right now. I don't want anyone looking around. I believe this is a moment for you to get off the path and turn back to God. Let's just take a minute Band's going to be playing behind me. Nobody getting up. Nobody looking around. Just for a moment for you to pray and talk to God. Say, God, just change my life. God, change my heart. God, restore my heart. God, take this broken heart. Search this broken heart. God, call out the things that don't belong there within me, Lord. for forgiveness God for every thought we've had word we've said or thing we've done that's gone against you gone against your word God tonight we want to exchange this heart of stone this heart of stone for a heart of flesh a new heart let us not be a people that lose heart. Let us never be a people that lose heart. We will fall, yes, but we have the choice to get back up and to choose you and to take heart. God, help us run the race that you have called us to in this life. We believe you are the same God that you were in the scriptures that we read today you are the same exact God today 